A Thoughtful Faith Podcast is a production of Mormon Stories and the Open Stories Foundation. All donations to A Thoughtful Faith are tax-deductible and go directly towards keeping the podcast alive and towards building a community of support for Mormons like you. To support the podcast or to join the community, please become a monthly subscriber today at athoughtfulfaith.org. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the A Thoughtful Faith podcast. I am Micah Nicolaisen. And I'm Sarah Collette. And we will both be your host today. Yay. <laughs> Yay for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we have uh, sort of gotten our feet wet with the podcast and as we've, um, you know, finished sort of our, our first few months and with the start of the new year, um, we thought it'd be appropriate to just sort of take an opportunity to sort of uh, share with our listeners a little bit about ourselves, um, how uh, both Sarah and I got involved in this project, and sort of what our uh, collective vision has been in the podcast so far, and uh, where it's headed in the future, um, and uh, and what you can do to help. <laughs> Yay! That's yeah. That's an important part. <laughs> so, um, so we thought we'd just take a minute and, like I said, uh, go through and share a little bit about how uh, both Sarah and I got involved in this podcast. We uh, definitely didn't know each other before this, and we sort of met as we both uh, volunteered for this. Um, so, Sarah, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself first, okay. and uh, and how you what what part of your your backstory um, led you to get involved in the A Thoughtful Faith podcast. Okay. Well, um, let's see a little bit about myself. I um, am a mom. I have four children. The oldest is eight, and she just recently got baptized, and the youngest is eight months. Um, I've been married for 10 years to Aaron Collette. We met... um, at Bear Lake, he was just graduated from the U and I was at BYU. And um, we had one of those awesome, cliche, rockin' two week dating courtship periods uh, before we got engaged. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Um, we totally fit the cliche there. And then two and a half months later, we were married. So, really fast. Um, I was 25 and he was 26 and um, I had been engaged a couple times before. So I think at that point I just kind of went with my gut and um, so far, so good. (laughs) (laughs) So far, so good. Nice. (laughs) That's right. Um, And, you know, I'll let him speak for himself someday. (laughs) Hopefully he'd say the same. But anyway, so got married, been married. for 10 years. And then, um, right after we got married, we moved to Bozeman and my husband got his master's degree in engineering there, um, at the, at MSU. And while I was there, I really started to do a lot of investigation into some of the basic questions I had formed over the years and started, um, kind of a 10 year process of research and, 
covered every single question that I could think of slowly and methodically over 10 years time. And, um, uh, my, my husband was always incredibly open and willing to discuss, never threatened, never worried. Um, you know, it didn't matter what I said. He, he acted like it was no big deal. And I think because of that, I never felt, um, that anything was really amiss. And luckily, uh, we just kind of went on like normal. It was, we always have been active in the church. My family at the same time that I was going through a lot of that same kind of evaluating my faith and looking at, um, the gospel and the church at all the, from all these different angles, my, my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters and some of my in-laws were doing the same thing. So luckily for me, um, I have always been surrounded by people who were very, very willing to discuss and talk and, and were very open um, and not threatened by some of the questions that I had to ask. And that's been a real blessing for me. And I understand it's very unusual. Most yeah, people yeah, no don't kidding. have that. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool that, um, that you had that support as you were, you know, sorting through that. And you said it was, it's been sort of a 10-year process for you. And I, I would imagine that sort of having that support around you perhaps didn't make you feel like you had to rush to any conclusions or do anything right. crazy, right? <laughs> right. In fact, I, yeah, I have appreciated so much the amount of time that I had because, um, especially now with, you know, the internet and I'm sure all of our listeners know, you know, I mean, you, you encounter Mormon stories and 300 podcasts later and, you know, six months you've <laughs> deconstructed so much that it can be really overwhelming. Um, because you can, you can encounter so much information so quickly and um, not that that's a bad thing, just that it, because, you know, because of the nature of the internet, time is something that a, a lot of times people don't have that luxury of a lot of time. Right. But I, I kind of encountered everything a different way. I did all of my own questioning and research and didn't have any idea that, that Mormon stories existed. And I didn't really, um, you know, I wasn't into a, any kind of real... Um, podcasts or, um, social media or anything like that. And so it was really, I really so you weren't did really a, plugged into sort of the, um, no, the community. Uh, uh, not at all. And, um, just because I was completely unaware of it. And also, um, because I think I had my own family and I, I didn't feel a real need to kind of go outside of that, of, of my family and, and look, for that kind of a community because I felt um, that I already had one and didn't, you know, didn't really, didn't have that need. So, gotcha. um, but I, but I do, like I said, you know, I understand that the value of those kinds of communities. So obviously I have, you know, now found them and, and love them and, and feel that they are really valuable and I appreciate them. But at the time, no, I didn't, I wasn't plugged in at all, but I did, um, always talk to my husband and he was not investigating. He was not really asking the questions, the hard questions, but, but um, he's a very thoughtful person and very in intelligent person, but generally disinterested in religion in general. Um, even though he's an active member of the church, it's just not something that 
he's always really, you know, taken an interest in or anything. He is an outdoorsman to his very fundamental core. And so it's much more concerned with um, backcountry skiing and rock climbing and, <laughs> and cool. those kinds of pursuits. Awesome. And um, yeah, and so we've, we've shared a lot of that kind of activity in our life and do a lot of out, outdoors um, things. We do a lot of uh, canyoneering and backpacking and um, have had a great time. But recently, well, recently for me, um, two years ago, I guess. So, you know, I, I'm looking at this from a 10-year um, you know, on a 10 year spectrum. So two years ago, my husband started listening to Mormon stories and, um, and then really did start to take an interest in, and, um, and started to, uh, really address some of the questions that were coming up from him for, for him. And, um, and anyway, uh, during that time, I really had to come to kind of this, clutch moment where I really decide I wanted to decide the direction of my faith and my activity in the church. And it had, it was a culmination of all of these years of thinking and processing and, you know, evaluating all the information and also um, exploring my own faith and how I felt about God. And, and I just, um, decided that I really did want to stay in the church. And um, I know I'm being somewhat vague, but I think for a reason. I don't want to uh, say too much about this, but I um, I just decided that I really wanted to stay with the church and I wanted to um, do my best to make that a very positive experience in my life. And I knew that that would take a, an incredible amount of work and um, I didn't quite know how I was going to do it. So in, um, you know, in typical Mormon fashion, I started praying about how I was going to really, um, you know, find meaning in um, and purpose in the church and a place in the church. I really wanted to make it something that was positive and that I, you know, and and. I wanted to contribute in my own way and um, was kind of desperate to find um, an avenue to pursue that, that goal. And during that time, um, I was on Facebook one day and saw that John Dillon had posted um, a request for um, people that might be willing to volunteer to work on a, a new podcast um, geared towards, uh, you know, encouraging faith and encouraging um, positive association with the church for those that had um, experienced um, conflict or questioning or crisis. And, um, and so I volunteered. So what did you understand the podcast was when you, when John when John DeLynn first uh, posted it on Facebook? You know, I don't know that I actually really did understand. I, I think that the I can't even remember the exact request that he made. I just remember that the impression I got was that this was for this was a podcast for people that might be um, trying to make the best of whatever situation they were in um, with the church and that that somehow 
this would be something that I could get involved with that would that would bring me some kind of um, uh, comfort and also maybe kind of put me into a community of people um, that were really trying to do what I was trying to do, which was to um, take all of this, um, you know, 10 years of really, you know, having to deconstruct and then and then now trying to reconstruct my faith that 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 could lead to a really positive place. And especially that, you know, I could find community with people that were really wanting to that place to end up in the church. And, um, you know, in saying that, that that I can say that much easier than I can accomplish it. And I think I recognize that when, when he put out the request, I think I just was looking for other people that might be able to give me some guidance and maybe help mentor me and that I would also be able to then in turn help mentor other people that might, might want the same thing. So I don't really know that I had a clear vision. I just kind of craved, um, community in that way. I needed other people to model how to do this thing that I was going to attempt to do. Um, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So, and, and you know, a lot of that resonates with, um, with me too, because, um, you know, I'm, uh, I definitely consider myself horribly underqualified to, uh, provide, um, you know, resources from my own personal experiences to help people. But one thing that, that really, um, resonated with me about, um, what we were talking about with the podcast was that we could model people like Terrell Givens and Greg Prince and Phil Barlow. You know, these are, um, you know, these are people that have been, you know, sort of thinking about this stuff for decades. Um, whereas someone like me really only for, for a few years. And so I think, uh, you know, if, if I could be on the other side of the microphone or the other side of the front from that person and really just learning from their experience and sharing, um, their model with others, I think that's, uh, that's what I really liked about the concept. I just, I, I think I saw this project as having a, a real potential of helping people and, and helping the kind of people that, that I've been meeting and, um, people like myself. And so for me, I just, I just had a lot of energy and motivation to contribute. Um, right. but at the time I, I don't think, uh, I really knew what that meant. I didn't either. I, I was totally naive, I think about, <laughs> about what would actually be, um, you know, what would be needed and, and didn't see myself in that capacity at all. I, I volunteered, I think originally to be a schedule manager and, um, yeah, anyway, a few podcasts later, here we are, right? Right. <laughs> so, well, Micah, tell, tell me how you kind of came okay. to the podcast. Well, my, my background is, um, you know, pretty, uh, I'd say it's pretty typical. I was a Navy brat, uh, the first half of my childhood and we moved, um, all over the place. My dad was an engineer for the Navy and my mom was a computer engineer and so we uh, we moved all over the place, and then uh, once my dad left the Navy, we settled down uh, back in Utah, where both my folks are from, and uh, that's where I, you know, I was probably about age 10, 11, when we moved to uh, a little town called Centerville that's 
just a few minutes uh, north of Salt Lake. And, um, you know, I, uh, I had a pretty typical Utah Mormon experience growing up, except I was, I've always been a, a chronic doubter and questioner. And, you know, the, that sort of, that, that part of my disposition and sort of that, that, that part of my nature, uh, really caused me to have, to struggle a lot with, um, with, with the church and the gospel and, and having a testimony. And for, for several years in my teenage years, I considered myself an atheist, even though I would still go to church, I'd call myself a, a closet atheist. And, um, but I had a, when I was 17, I had a really uh, remarkable conversion experience through the book of Mormon. And that sort of, uh, that was sort of the first sort of foundational, uh, spiritual experience that I had that I, that I connected to, uh, to Mormonism. And so, um, you know, and that's, that's been a big anchor point for me. You know, I've, uh, sort of deconstructed a lot of that, uh, since then, but that's really, um, that and a few other experiences and, uh, have, have sort of been a, um, sort of a reference point for me that, that sort of keeps me anchored where, where I am now. But, um, in terms so, of wait, so you go back to those experiences still, and and have decided to really hold on to them in terms yeah, of yeah, and, and not in like yeah. uh, I don't know because I know that can sound uh, I don't know what the word is that can sound kind of naive to a lot of people, and and perhaps it is, but you know I'm I'm aware that um, you know the spiritual experiences I have could be just a product of my own brain chemistry. Right. But for me, they, they're still real either way and they, they have meaning and value to me. And, um, I'll always have my own personal atheist doubts. And, but for me, there's, there's sort of a, there's, I feel like I've struck a balance in the way that I approach God and the way I approach religion, where on one side I have, you know, sort of these, uh, disagreements and doubts. And then on the other side, I have, um, you know, a lot of, a good foundation of, um, sort of spiritual experiences. And, um, and so my, uh, my personal approach to Mormonism is I consider myself a believer and, you know, I still am a, an active, uh, uh, temple recommend holder. And, um, and I really value Mormonism a lot. You know, the way that I approach religion and theology is through the lens of Mormonism. But for me personally, as it relates to the podcast, as I discovered uh, communities like the Mormon Stories community and the podcast, and um, you know, I live in the Phoenix area. As I started to meet with and interact with um, with Mormons of different, uh, all different flavors and backgrounds and experiences, you know, it really woke me up to the fact that that sometimes. Mormonism can be a really painful experience for people and that there are a lot of people who struggle and who, uh, who really aren't going to be able to make it work. And especially those who are experiencing, you know, sort of their first uh, seeds of doubt and, you know, what we sort of call faith crisis, you know, that, that experience can be really disheartening and discouraging and, and really unhealthy for a lot of people. And so one thing I really like about um, just 
Mormon stories and the open story, the other open stories projects in general is I feel like open stories provides sort of a, a variety of different landing places that people can go to as they work through their faith crisis and as they sort through their, their own personal approach to Mormonism. And so as far as our podcast is concerned, I see it sort of uh, modeling what those one of those potential landing zones as this is this is a place where you can end up. There is a way that people can work through a faith crisis and come out on the other side still um, not only in the church but with um, w- with still some semblance of, of faith and belief and still have uh, that that part of their life that was so valuable to them before still intact. Um, obviously, that's not for everybody, um, but that's sort of the way that I view our podcast is showing showing that as a possibility. Yeah, I I really agree, and I I love the way you put that. I've actually used your language a lot of times to describe it. That this is this is one of many landing places, right? Um, and I and I feel I feel like uh, you know, like you, I, I have come through the the Mormon stories community, which is, you know, been only in the last two years that I've really been exposed to it, but I have really appreciated that as well. And, and, um, you know, I did come to that, that I actually listened to a podcast on Mormon stories. And after having listened to it, I really realized I had to make a decision because I had deconstructed for so many years. I had to choose the direction I really wanted to go. Um, it was time to reconstruct and I needed to decide and, and, and I had to honestly ask myself if, if leaving the church was going to be the appropriate thing for me to do in my life. And I recognized at the time, um, that, 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 that question was very, very important for many people and that, that depending on their life and their situation and their, their struggles and the pain or the, um, experiences that they have that that decision was going to be very, very different and unique and important for each person that asked themselves that question. And for me, based on my own, you know, my own situation and the way I felt about things, um, I craved this landing place. And, um, and, and I'm really grateful that, that there are these different spots where you can kind of go and, and figure it out. But I, I do think that one of the um, the things that I'm finding about this particular um, you know direction is that it tends to be not as um, verbal, if that makes any sense. I think that people that are choosing, um, you know, that have some propensity to stay in the church or that they want that, even, you know, having asked all of those difficult questions, that the the, the, the our community tends to be a little quieter in terms of the social media. Do you, do you kind of feel the same way or? Well, I mean, I definitely, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I certainly get that sense from interacting on places like Facebook. Um, and I know that's an area that, that can sometimes be sort of intimidating about some of these online communities is, you know, for example, a place like Mormon Stories, um, you know, you've got a, a very broad spectrum of people and 
broad in terms of their personal beliefs. Um, they could be atheists, they could be agnostic, they could be Buddhists, they could be pagans, they could be born-again Christians, they could be uh, believing Mormons and, and be welcome into sort of this uh, alternative Mormon community. But um, to your point, I think there are a lot of, uh, when, you, when you look at a lot of the posts um, within, within that community, um, it does seem to be dominated by a certain segment that 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 may come across as sort of uh, post Mormon or or even sort of antagonistic towards uh, Mormonism, and so right. that's one reason why um, I really like our a thoughtful faith uh, group, and um, you know Jared Anderson. I spoke with him. We I was involved in a conversation with him um, beginning of last summer about this and he uh, used a really great analogy um, of sort of a, of a house, you know, and if we're all living in this house together, there's going to be different rooms. You know, there's going to be a living room where everybody sort of gets together and hangs out. There's going to be the kitchen and then there's going to be, um, you know, uh, a bedroom over here, a den over here. And that's sort of how he um, described the possibility of having different Facebook groups and different communities to cater towards different people and where Mormon stories is like the living room. Um, but if you want to go off and have a conversation with a different group of people, a, a community like a thoughtful faith or um, a post Mormon group or whatever um, can be another place where you can go to have more um, uh, targeted conversations Right. And so that's um uh, that, that's kind of where a tangent I went on there, but that's that's sort of how I how I view it. No, I I totally yeah I, I appreciate that. I think you know, and I like I said, I don't actually know if that if the you know if I feel like people are more quiet, um you know if that's a reality or not. I was one thing I am kind of interested in though is that I feel like the language that we're trying to create at a thoughtful faith is kind of new. And I, I, there are a few people every once in a while that I think, Oh, you know, that, you know, that language, I want to listen to you. (laughs) You know, I want to hear you talk because you're going to teach me how to speak the language that I'm trying to speak. Um, Jared Anderson actually does a really good job. Sometimes, like sometimes he'll say something and I'll say, "Oh, that's exactly you know what I'm trying, what I'm trying to express." And and you know, Terrell Gibbons, um, I, I've heard um, Richard Bushman say things that I I feel like they're creating a new language um, for people who really do want to, um, you know maintain this positive connection and activity and association with the church. And I think it's hard, a really hard language to speak because, um, because our church is so easily defined in terms of doctrine and truth claims and all of these things that it it creates kind of this rigid language Mm -hmm. that, that all members speak, right? We all have these, we all know church language, but as soon as you find yourself not identifying with that language anymore, but wanting to maintain positive association, it's like you don't know what to say. Right. Don't you, do you kind of feel that way? Like yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I don't know how to express right. and marry two worlds. Yeah, I almost feel like it's almost like a lost language because when you hear um, people like uh, Terrell Givens or um, Greg Prince or 
Richard Bushman or uh, Maxine Hanks or any of these um, sort of Mormon intellectuals. This is a language they've been speaking for decades. And, you know, it just seems like perhaps there was a time when that was more common, but um, perhaps we're seeing an, an emergence of that. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe <laughs> I, I don't. I think you and I both don't consider ourselves intellectuals, and when we're kind of new to that scene in terms of um, we're just really in the last you know few years getting acquainted with so many of the issues, and especially how those issues have been handled. Right. But and I, I think yeah. uh, I think <laughs> when you talk to Greg Prince, I think uh, I sort of get that vibe from him. Like, where has everybody been? We've been talking about this stuff forever, you know. <laughs> (laughs) Right. 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 No, I totally, I always feel like I'm totally new on the scene. And, uh, you know, this stuff is just, just, I'm just barely getting my feet wet. Um, But that has been, that has been so valuable for me being um, involved with the podcast, because these people that I'm speaking with, they really have, you know, in certain ways, uh, always spoken this different language and I'm finally understanding that language and even, and, and even learning to, you know, that there is a different language to speak within the, within the context of, of active church membership. But I, you know, you don't necessarily always hear that at church and, and it really, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be able to, to know how to marry those two different worlds. You know, it's basically, the world, for me, I, I identify it this way, the world of I knows with the world of I don't knows, but I choose, you know, I don't know, but I choose right. to, you know, to believe or to act or to think this way. And you're coming from such a definitive point of view to such a undefined, you know, point of view that it really, it can seem like it's in conflict. Right. So in that way, maybe maybe I feel more quiet, or I feel that others are more quiet because we're we're all kind of trying to learn, you know, how to speak a new language or an old language, like you say. You right. Know, well, and this and this discussion sort of brings um, sort of brings up sort of the the tough spot. I feel like the podcast is always in. You know, I really feel like we're always trying to walk a very fine line because. You know, at the when we first started uh, getting organized and planning, you know, we we had very clear objectives in terms of the type of listeners that we wanted to cater to, who our demographic was, and there was almost uh, sort of in higher uh, a hierarchy to that. In that, you know, first and foremost, for people who are um, in crisis, having doubts, having questions, and feeling, you know, very lost and disoriented. We wanted to, like I said, you know, show for those who are interested in finding a landing place that that keeps them in Mormonism and in the church. Those the the content that we created or that we wanted to create was going to cater to those individuals, and so I feel like that has always been sort of our our number one target demographic, and then sort of from there. Um, I know for myself, we also want to just create a a place where people who are looking for more thoughtful, out-of-the-box approaches to Mormonism, this can be um, a good place to to encounter that and experience that. 
um, you know, approaches like Phil Barlow's and Terrell Givens and, you know, even, um, you know, um, you know, Dr. Trent Stevens and his um, views on science and religion, uh, Dr. Sorensen and his um, theories about Book of Mormon archaeology and historicity. And so the, we want to, you know, sort of, even though these are issues that have been around for a long time, um, we want, you know, people who are, I guess, you know, more familiar with, with that sort of intellectual Mormon community to feel comfortable um, listening to our podcasts. And then sort of on the other side of that, we also want to cater to mainstream Mormons, not as, not as a way to evangelize or, um, <laughs> or proselytize sort of this uh, alternative approach to Mormonism, but to help um, people who have friends and family that are experiencing this have better understanding and compassion for those people, and perhaps um, demonstrate the need to have more open conversations about our faith that perhaps aren't um, correlated or part of the mainstream discourse. I love that you've brought that up because I think for me that is one of the most um, motivating forces for me in terms of um, the desire to keep working and keep producing this podcast is that I'm the more we do it, the more I realize that this project has the ability to create um, kind of this bridge between those really mainstream Mormons who have not really encountered a lot of the issues and and those that that are have been you know kind of drowning in those issues for a really long time that this has the ability to kind of bridge um, a, a gap between those two worlds and also creates a lot of um, conversation and dialogue and I think that that um, that that's happening a little bit you know I, I mean I, I just know um, I, I know a few people that listen to the podcast. I, I, I'm always surprised that people are listening. Can I just throw that out there? Thank <laughs> right. you for listening. If you've listened, I'm, I'm always shocked. Michael will tell me, Oh, look, you know, these, this many people have listened. And I'm always like, what? It's not just my mom. that's <laughs> 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 listening. This yeah. Is I'm right there with you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I really, I'm learning that they're, that people really are listening and they're coming at it from these two different perspectives. But if we can um, somehow continue to do that, I think, I think it really is valuable. I, I mean, I don't have to tell anybody that you know that there that that divide is really really painful and tragic for so many of us that we we lose the ability to speak to our ward members and our friends and our community because um, you know doubt or. Um, faith reevaluation or, or whatever it is, is so sometimes demonized and vilified. Um, and so, you know, we just, we kind of lose the ability to really communicate with one another in a positive way. So if we can accomplish that, oh, I would be thrilled to even have a small part in that, um, in creating that kind of a space where where the two worlds can start to reconnect. And it is very difficult. I, I wish... You know, I, I wish there was no learning curve for me. I, I wish that I had jumped in and knew how to do everything that um, that has been so far required to keep it afloat. Um, I've never interviewed before. I've never edited any kind of, you know, 
video or audio or anything. I've never, I've never called anyone up and asked anyone if they wanted to do, you know, a podcast. Literally every single thing that I have done for this podcast is completely new to me, brand new in every way. And so, um, I understand that, you know, (laughs) I'm going to have to fail quite a few times before I get it just right. But, Oh, I would be so thrilled to have a small part in 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 creating a space where we really can start to, you know, get the two groups together again and and hopefully find that kind of understanding that you were talking about. Right. And, you know, from the perspective of people who are um, participating and immersed in mainstream LDS culture, you know, we we spend so much of our time and resources reaching out to uh, people we refer to as less actives um, or inactive or whatever the term may be. And um, so that, that seems to be something that's important to the church. And, you know, from my perspective, a lot of the people that we spend a lot of time reaching out to um, may be people that um, are going through some sort of experience that has caused them to question. And so, but if, if, but if we approach those, those people with the sort of mainstream vernacular of, Hey, how come you haven't been at church? You know, how are you reading your scriptures? You know, that's, that's not a language that that's really going to be effective in helping those people. And so if it is important for us to, you know, sort of keep people in the church from a, from both the church's perspective and ward members' perspective, if we want people to stay, I think uh, it, it's valuable to learn how to, you know, sort of immerse yourself in that sort of discourse and language so that you're, you're equipped to do so. And so perhaps this podcast can can help uh, people um, that are that are trying to help people who are struggling, whether it's somebody that's a part of your stewardship as a Relief Society president or if it's just uh, your brother or your cousin or your son or your your parent who's who's struggling, um, so you know, so those are those are, um, in my opinion, those are the type of uh, Mormons that that we want to um, reach out to and create content for. Um, in terms of how we're doing and accomplishing that, um, so far we've had um, really great feedback. Um, in fact, I, I haven't heard anybody um, lob any any uh, criticism at the podcast itself. Um, Which I'll, I really want to say thank you for because uh, um, <laughs> I don't right. know how much criticism I can take, but I, I'm sure that there is criticism out there, but I'm really glad you guys have been so kind. Yeah, and, and obviously, <laughs> you know, as Sarah said, you know, we're not um, – <laughs> we're not uh, professional broadcasters here. Um, we're just regular folks, um, you know, trying to uh, take a stab at this. And, you know, uh, I, there's obviously a, rot- a lot of room for improvement. And uh, we appreciate the patience of our of our listeners for, for sort of bearing with us as we've sort of figured this out. Um, but as, you know, since we launched in, in late August, I feel really... Um, really confident about the content we've created so far, you know, from the outset, we wanted to, um, you know, offer models of a thoughtful faith, um, 
and we I feel like we've gotten some great uh, great individuals that have been able to share their story and share their perspective. Um, we've also, you know, I love the some of my favorite uh, episodes we've released have been those from like Chase and Rebecca and from Michael Barker, who are, you know, these aren't people who are uh, Mormon scholars or people who are who've been swimming in the waters of Mormon intellectualism for for decades, like some of our other guests. But these are sort of regular folks, and I think they um, provide a valuable perspective and are very relatable for for a lot of the people in our audience. I yeah, I totally agree. I I love the idea of um, of just talking in terms of um, you know regular LDS people who are making it work, and I mean you you know talking about having um, kind of a discourse and also um, examples of people who are, who can model how we can, how we can stay um, in the church and, and have a positive experience in the church. I feel like, you know, if you, if we can do that on our, literally on our ward level in our community, you know, within our family, that, that those are going to be the most useful stories and relationships for us, the more that we can relate them to our lives and apply them to our lives to daily, everyday living, then it, it really can be, you know, it, it, that's where we can really use the help. And um, just a shout out to anyone out there who, who has suggestions or has really, um, you know, has something to contribute, please let us know because um, I am always very interested in other people that are making um, making it work, how they are finding peace, how they are interacting with their church, you know, their fellow church members, um, how they approach things like baptisms and, um, you know, the ordinances or, you know, you and I have had conversations about, you know, te- temple recommend interviews. And I know that there's a lot of um, online discussion. Uh, Stay LDS is a good forum for that. And, um, you know, other podcasts, Mormon Matters, that kind of grapple with that. And if we can, if we can, you know, kind of contribute in that way by by highlighting people that are that are going through that same process and 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 finding ways to to find peace and doing it in a you know in a a way that is really helpful, I that's that's wonderful. I really right. hope we we can we can do that. Right, and you know, um, sort of uh, um, pivoting off that point, I think it'd be great for us to talk about. Sora, sort of where we see the podcast going um, at the start of this new year, looking ahead into 2013. And also, um, for those who also have sort of energy and sort of agree with the vision of the podcast, what uh, what people can do to help. Um, as far as uh, 2013 is concerned, you know, we, we already have um, a wide variety of um, of, uh, of guests lined up, uh, really impressive, uh, people. We've got a lot of other, uh, scholars who, um, have thoughtful approaches to Mormonism that, that are on our schedule. Um, we ha- also have, um, a variety of sort of regular LDS folks. Um, we're going to be having some panel discussions, um, in the future. And so, um, we're going to be sort of moving forward and trying to, creates a, a library of content that, that we feel can be beneficial to people. Um, and so if this is, uh, if for, for our listeners who have gotten utility out of this podcast and 
have enjoyed the content that we've made so far and wanted to keep it going. Um, as Sarah pointed out, there there are a lot of ways that that our listeners can sort of help and contribute to our cause and move it forward. Um, and as Sarah pointed out, one of those ways is by um, providing us with feedback, um, providing us with um, you know <laughs> both uh, con- uh, with constructive criticism and tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we what we need to improve on. Um, if you know somebody or you yourself would be a good uh, guest for the podcast, we are open to, to any and all suggestions and feedback um, and leads um, in terms of interviews that we can do. Um, we also um, are, are open to people who are willing to uh, help us create content. If you would like to yeah. produce an episode and interview somebody, you know, we, we would, uh, we would love to have you. Yes. And I, you know, I, I just, I kind of want to articulate this because I think this is kind of surprising to a few people that, um, that I've actually spoken to, but, um, you and I are, I, I, I want to make, make it known that you and I basically are doing, doing, um, mostly all of the work in terms of our own production of podcasts. So like if Micah, you know, I mean, we work together finding guests, but once the guest is found and, and kind of the interview is, you know, is scheduled, you do all of your own production and recording and editing and, and then upload it. And as do I. And so, um, I think, I, I guess the reason why I want to say that is because it's actually doable. I want I want our listeners to know that it's possible to create their own content. We've had we you know we've had a couple of people who have done that and, um, um, you know that have just basically sent us a, a podcast, right? That, yeah, which is wonderful. And so it, I, I guess what I'm saying is I was a total. I'd never done it before. Total amateur in every sense, and I'm producing podcasts. So it's not impossible. And I know it sounds maybe a little overwhelming, but it, it, it can actually be done. So if you are interested and you really, you know, you feel like you have the drive and the motivation, let us know. We will totally mentor you through it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're sort of overwhelmed by the prospect of um, recording the audio, setting up the interviews and editing, um, either one of those components are things that we can, we can help you with. Yeah, um, for example, absolutely. if you record an interview and you have no idea how to edit the audio, um, just send it to us and we, we can help, uh, uh, put that together for you. Right. Um, so yeah. that's, that's one way that, um, that people can help contribute to this is helping by, con- by creating content. Um, another great way is, um, we have a wonderful, uh, Facebook group, a thoughtful faith, Facebook support group, um, that is sort of meant to be a space under the sort of open stories community um, where um, sort of Mormon Matters listeners, uh, Mormon Sunday School listeners, uh, and a Thoughtful Faith listeners can come and have community and and sort of uh, feed off each other. Um, it's only been around for, for a few months, but so far we've got over 600 members of the group, and it's growing every day. We're adding new members every day. And uh, so far, it's been it's been really a wonderful place, and I've really appreciated the discussion and the and the uh, insight uh, from that community there. And so, um, that's one way I think you can help um, support us is by joining that Facebook community. Right, and I it is it's a fun community. It's fun to yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the the forum. 
Yes. And, of course, um, the other way that um, our listeners can offer us support is uh, by donating uh, to the podcast. On our website, there is a uh, donate button that's all managed through PayPal. It's it's a really easy, simple, straightforward process. Um, you know, it does take a lot of time and resources to for us to to put this together. Um, you know, Sarah <laughs> has logged hundreds and hundreds of miles, uh, going all over, <laughs> going all around the, the the Rocky Mountains, interviewing people, and um, of course, our equipment and our time and the energy and and other costs you know can can sort of add up and so what what little you can can offer us there will help us keep the podcast going and uh also keep us motivated to continue to produce content right and i um again i just want to say thank you to everybody who who has actually listened like i said i'm always surprised when it's not just my mom (laughs) (laughs) who downloads the podcast but um yeah thank you for for all the support that has been shown us and and yes please um please do contribute in the way that you feel that you can we really are open and 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 we are hopeful. We are hopeful that we can continue to to be um, and to create a valuable place where people can come together and have some you know really constructive conversations about our church and you know our activity in the church and our association with it. Um, I, I just have a, a quick question for you, Micah. Do you do you see yourself um, being able to maintain maintaining a um, once a week podcast production through 2013? <laughs> um, we certainly want to. I know we don't always um, deliver an episode every week. I think since we, we offer sort of multi-part ep- uh, interviews, I think we are sort of on track of averaging uh, one episode a week so far. Um, we took a break at the end of the year in 2012 um, for the for the holidays, but we're going to be um, releasing content um fairly, fairly quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were, we're dedicated to maintaining that schedule. Yeah. Okay. Do you Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I hope that we can, I really do. I hope we can maintain a, you know, a very, um, regular schedule. What, what one podcast a week for me would be fabulous. So I guess this is my public, my, you know, my public um, commitment. It's our, it's our New Year's resolution, right? <laughs> our New Year's resolution. I really hope that we can do that, maintain that um, schedule through 2013. And, you know, we'll need your help. Yeah. We'll need everybody's so help. So help us, uh, help keep us accountable. So uh, I think we're going to try to release this on Monday. So let's uh, yeah. let's have Monday be our, our day to, re- to release an episode every week. Um, right. And so, so yeah. Right. Let's, let's mention really quick that you can um, contact us. Go to a thoughtfulfaith.org, and you can. There's a um, instructions to to contact us. You can email us through that page, mm-hmm. and we'll respond uh, literally as soon as we get emails for help. Right, and um, <laughs> you, write, you write back. <laughs> and you can find both Sarah and myself on Facebook. Um, yes. Yep. Uh, I'm not really picky on friend requests, so I'm not <laughs> send us a friend request, and you know we'd love Best to chat with you. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. So there's uh, there are good things ahead in 2013, and um, I will I would also like to add to 
uh, Sarah's gratitude. We really appreciate um, the uh, the resounding support we've received from from our community and our listeners, and uh, we are excited for um, for more stuff in the future. Yes, hear, hear. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, this uh, New Year's edition of A Thoughtful Faith Podcast, and uh, stay tuned. There's more good stuff to come. Good night. Good night. Come the fount of every blessing to my heart to sing the grace. Thank you for joining us today on A Thoughtful Faith. To discuss this podcast, check us out at athoughtfulfaith.org. The music from this podcast was generously donated by Lisa Frazier. Hear more from her at lisafrazier.com. Grace, how great a debtor daily.